This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company, an investing podcast striving to disrupt the norms in the finance industry. I'm Maddie and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie. Very good company indeed. Hi Mads, how are you? <laughs> Raking yourself this morning. Yeah. I'm good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> good. I'm obviously quite good if I'm rating myself like that. <laughs> um, now, I'm pretty excited for today's episode because we are actually doing an episode that's been requested by one of our listeners in our Facebook yes. group. Do you want to do you want to shout tell out us? to Bree? Yeah, do you want to tell us what the Facebook group's called? Considering I always screw it yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, the Facebook is called YOGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. You can find the link in our bio on our Instagram at YOGC Podcast. If you struggle like Sophie seems to um, every time, it's such an awesome place for all of our community members to come together and ask questions and share ideas and things like that. So definitely get on the group. Yeah. So as many said shout out to Brie who asked for a episode on how to build a thesis when buying a stock. Yeah, I really love this idea because I feel like it can be quite hard to know which companies to invest in, especially when you're sort of starting out. But like this is a problem that can sort of go throughout your whole investing journey really. And then to sort of build up the conviction behind your decision when you do decide mm. to buy into a single company so that you feel confident if like the week after, you know, things aren't looking so good because of some bad news or something like that, that, you know, you can feel confident that you know your reasons for investing and you know your why. But before we start today's episode, we'd like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. Okay, so before we jump into the thesis building, which (laughs) sounds kind of boring, (laughs) but I promise it's not. It really does. (laughs) Sounds like a bit like a science, like scientific thesis, but it's actually exciting and fun. Um, But I want us to get start thinking a little creatively, Mads, and last week you, or the week before you, um, had a game for me. So this week I've got a little game for you. Okay, I'm excited because you actually have left this one out of our episode notes, so I have no idea. Idea what is coming for me now. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm going to test you today. I'm going to get your brain working, hopefully. So I'm going to give you a bunch of random scenarios, okay? So it can be anything. And then I want you to come up with a company that you could invest in given the scenario. Right. And I'm going to challenge you to like think outside the box a little bit. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I think sometimes people are like, oh, I don't know what to invest in because I, I can't spot the opportunity. So I want people yep. to see that you can spot an opportunity from anything. <laughs> I feel like this is going to like judge my worth as a podcast host this morning. <laughs> but like seriously. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll start off. I'll start off easy for you. Well, um, yeah, I'll, I'll try and be kind. Okay. So okay. <laughs> the first scenario is people ordering more online because of COVID. Oh, and think outside of the box. Well, don't give me, don't give me the, you know, yeah. 
Okay, I actually listened to something the other morning which gave me inspiration for this. I'm going to say a cardboard company because if people are ordering more online, then there's going to need to be more cardboard in circulation to send parcels and things like that. Yes. Do you like it? I love that. I actually <laughs> think I listened to the same podcast and that's yeah. where I got the inspiration for this scenario. Financial Times News podcast. Yes. And I love that because it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, no, of course there's going to be more cardboard in circulation because everyone's ordering everything online. I thought that was a really cool one. Well done. Tick. (laughs) The second scenario is that I found some stats online that pizza is one of the most popular food items in the world. Well, you know what goes well with pizza? (laughs) An Aperol. Oh, yeah, that's actually a good one. So maybe I would invest in Aperol. No. Can you invest Um, in Aperol? Not that I know of, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was owned by yeah. like a bigger a parent company that you could invest in. Maybe I would invest in like a cheese company or maybe a Domino's. Domino's did really well throughout the pandemic. So maybe I'd go for a Domino's. Yeah, nice. I like that. You pulled out three different investment opportunities there. Yeah. So well done. <laughs> I do like the Aperol one though. I wonder who they're owned by. We'll come back to you. <laughs> we'll come back. The third scenario is education occurring online for millions of students around the world because of COVID. What about like a software, like, cause obviously I think the biggest thing was we all knew how to shift online for like tutorials or for video calls for classes and things like that. But I think the biggest challenge would have been exam time because how do you make sure that mm. people are cheating? <laughs> so maybe like some sort of software for online examinations or I guess just like an interactive sort of educational gaming, gaming companies. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, so even like a Duolingo or something could be good. Yeah, I feel like the gaming industry is like definitely taking off. And especially with like learning online, that could be quite not boring, but maybe not as interactive. So like gaming. So true. Gaming is a good one. I like that. And you mentioned Duolingo, IPO'd recently. Or no, announced an upcoming IPO. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, the fourth scenario is the trend of veganism on the rise. Um, Oh, this is a good one. I think one thing that I have heard feedback from some vegan friends is that vegan cheese really isn't sort of like that good. It's not. It's one of those things that like they haven't been able to replicate very well, whereas like so many other vegan alternatives, they've done a really good job of creating a vegan alternative. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I would invest in like a startup or something that was creating, that that was creating good vegan cheese because life without cheese is just not really, that's not a, that's not a life. Yeah. You love cheese. So maybe you could start up a vegan cheese company. I heard it doesn't melt on pizzas, which would be really annoying. Something to think about for sure. Okay. And then the final one is just a bit topical and the scenario is just the Olympics, <laughs> oh, which happens every four years, and it always happens. I mean, <laughs> with COVID for that background. <laughs> no, but it's in like you know, like it's not like you know we ha- we've had COVID and it still happened. Like I feel like it's going to happen forever. Like where's the opportunity there? Well, I think what I'm really missing this Olympics is. I would love to be able to create an app where I put in which country or countries I'm following, what sports I'm into, and it creates a timetable so that I don't Mm. miss 
any of the sports that I want to watch because there is so much going on and it's so hard to keep track. And then all of a sudden I find out that we've won a gold medal and I missed it. So (laughs) I would invest in an app that um, allows you to sort of create your own timetable and make sure that you're across all of the sports. That's actually so true. The only thing that's been slightly saving me the past couple of days is the Daily Oz created the Daily Sport and they have yes, a little timetable and that's really helped. That's been super helpful. <laughs> okay, so I think you did really well. The reason why I wanted to challenge you, you to this game was, um, you know, one of the biggest hurdles when investing is finding companies and then having a conviction to invest in them. ETFs mm-hmm. are quite broad and you spread your risk by doing so, but you can find unique opportunities when investing in, in single companies. And I think when you're new to investing as well, it can sometimes be a bit off-putting to invest in a single company because it can feel quite hard to spot an opportunity. But really, they are happening in every aspect of life all around us all the time. (laughs) Vegan cheese. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So today we're going to put together a bit of a thesis. Um, We're putting together a bit of, we put together a bit of a bull side, bull being... The upside case. The upside case and bear being... (laughs) The downside case. (laughs) Did you not know? Or are you no, just trying to make- <laughs> I'm just in a testing mood. Okay, nice. And I guess this can kind of be an example, definitely just an example of how you go about it yourself. There's lots of different ways you can build theses. But I think one of the main points we want to get across today is that um, we're doing the both the bull side and the bear side because when you are putting together a thesis, it's good to, you know, find like why you love a company and really paint like a love story for it. But it's also <laughs> well, you kind of do fall in love with the companies, <laughs> but it's also good to you know pull it apart and work out where its weaknesses are so that you do have that conviction at the end of the day that you know the positives outweigh the negatives. Yeah, and just for a bit of reference, I think we're going to try and go into quite a bit of detail to sort of illustrate lots of different options and ways that you can explore a potential investment. But, you know, your own investment thesis can be as lengthy or as brief as you like. We hear of investors having, you know, one sentence thesis. Theses? (laughs) I don't know. That sounded wrong. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, So, yeah, this is like definitely illustrative purposes only and will hopefully inspire some ideas for when you're doing your own, but don't be put off by the depth that we've gone into. Yes. So, so if you're going to present the bull case and I'm going to try and sort of critique it as you do it. You know, rip me to shreds. (laughs) Let's see how you go on this one. (laughs) But before we get into our investment thesis, we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back to see what company we have picked. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So we have put some steps together um, for how to sort of build up an investment thesis. And it, like we said before, these can be sort of as brief or as long as you like. We might pop these on our Instagram after we release this episode, but I think step one would be to consume information as widely as possible and really just keep your eyes and ears open to an opportunity because I think finding an opportunity, like when, you know, initially it can seem like it might be the most difficult part, but I think it's, we've both sort of realized the more we talk about this and the more we think about it, that there really are opportunities everywhere and far more than you can sort of even imagine. So, so you've bought a company for us to today sort of deep dive into a little bit and I'm keen to hear firstly, what is the company? And then maybe secondly, where did you sort of get your inspiration for this one? Yeah. So step one, consume information, find an opportunity. My story is kind of like last year I was in the market to buy a new speaker. My partner is very into technology and gadgets. And so obviously I was asking him about (laughs) it and he pointed me towards Sonos. So that's the company for everyone. Sonos. Sonos. (laughs) Nice. But yeah, he went on a bit of a tirade about Sonos and how much he loves it. And it kind of got me thinking back to a couple of years ago when we went on a tirade about Afterpay. <laughs> right. And we also, if anyone has uh, not been in on this story, Sophie was a very early investor in Afterpay and we are all, or I, am very jealous of that. <laughs> yeah. So the tirade kind of got me thinking, all right, what's this company rather than what's this speaker? I I kind of forgot that I needed a speaker. I kind of went on my own tirade to what's this company. That's such an investing mind frame. Good work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I think the next step then is digging a little bit into the company. What is the company's sort of business story? Why does a company exist? And does this service people? So to build a thesis and to be confident in a company, I think a good place to start can be really understand sort of who started it, why they did so, and who's in leadership now as well. Personally, I kind of love to put myself in the shoes of the entrepreneur and think about why they thought this brand or company could be successful. So what's the story behind Sonos? Yeah, so the story behind Sonos is um, a pretty interesting one. On their website, they have like a really long um, brief. If you ever want to read it, it's quite good. But pretty much there's four founders of the company. Um, They found themselves in the early 2000s kind of looking for an opportunity in the internet space. Uh, It was just, you know, the world was just starting to digitize. And although they were looking in many different areas of business, they found inspiration of Sonos because they all loved music. And at the time, they were frustrated by the amount of CDs they had to deal with and the tangled Mm. spaghetti wires and all the stereos, (laughs) which is so hard to even put like ourselves in that mindset because, I mean, we were so young, (laughs) so I can't really even picture it myself. But to put it in context, in 2002, almost none of the necessary technology existed for like transferable music. So things even like iTunes, Spotify, or even the first iPhone didn't exist at that time. Yeah, wow. So the reason why I like this story and these uh, founders is because I think they're quite, they're visionaries. You know, they were looking into the future. Their vision is to help music lovers play any song anywhere. 
And I think this services people because music means something for everyone. Like, what does music mean, mean for you, Mads? Um, I guess music is the kind of thing that, like, well, you know, it creates memories. You know, it helps mm. if I'm in a, like, bad mood or a sad mood. I put music on. Yesterday, I was feeling super inspired by the Olympics and I went for a run and I searched up an Olympics <laughs> Searched up an Olympics playlist and ran a PB because I was just so inspired. <laughs> so you know, I think it like it energizes you, um, and it's one of those things that yeah, it makes you feel good. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Music does have a purpose for everyone for different reasons. And so when I look at this company, I'm like, okay, it's run by people who are visionaries and they're, you know, always looking to how they can grow and expand. But music actually has a purpose for a lot of people. It's not like this niche product that, you know, only services a certain market. It's quite big and it's quite broad and it means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not something that's like only for, you know, Western culture or anything like that. Like it goes, it literally is for everyone and everyone uses it in in all sorts of different ways and spaces. Before we move on, are the four original founders still the owner managers of Sonos or have they moved on? Yeah. So not all of them are, not all four, but um, the current CEO, Patrick Spence, used to work alongside um, them. So he very much knows their vision and where they wanted the company to go. Nice. Okay. So I think the next step, number three, is to really sort of get an understanding of the industry and the market that the company exists in and some of maybe the basic financials as well. Yes, definitely. And when we say financials, it really, if that's not your lingo, you don't have to go into it <laughs> too much. If it's not your jam. <laughs> if it's not your jam. Huh, get it? Punny. Like your jam. (laughs) I don't get... Oh, yeah. Like jamming out to music. Sorry, I literally was just envisaging a jam jar. And I was like, no. I don't get it. Okay, so very briefly, uh, Sonos falls under consumer electronics. It designs, develops, manufactures, and sells multi-room audio products. So in one sense, it's a hardware company because it sells those products. But when you delve into Sonos a little bit more, you actually can see that it's also a software company. So they are continually creating and updating their music streaming software um, so that it can enhance the user experience, which does come at no cost uh, to the consumer. So one thing I love about Sonos products is that they're meant to last. You know, you buy an, you, you, there's marketing to buy a new iPhone per se every two years. With a Sonos speaker, you actually buy it and hold it for a long time, like an investment. <laughs> <laughs> so just to play devil's advocate quickly here, does that mean that they're not releasing new products regularly or... Yeah, I mean, their suite of products doesn't change that regularly. They've just introduced a new speaker, the Roam, the little one that's more portable, but that's their kind of purpose so that you buy, you don't have to keep buying new speakers, but the software on the speaker will update. So it'll still keep enhancing your audio. Yeah. Interesting. Because I was worried that that would mean they'd fall behind, but I guess if they can update the software, then that's a workaround. Nice. Okay. And in what countries does um, Sonos sort of operate in? Yeah, well, like you said, Mads, before, you know, music isn't just tied to Western culture. It's around the world and Sonos is sold globally. It can be bought across, bought and sold across 60 countries in the Americas, Europe, Middle East, Africa and Asia Pacific. So it's got a big reach. 
Nice. Okay. And financials, very briefly, how are they going? Yeah. So if you want to get a quick view of some the financials, I just jumped onto Sonos's website um, and they have investor reports. So that's really easy to find if you're looking at any company. Otherwise, I think you can also go to something like Simply Wall Street, which mm. is also a good tool. But Sonos is finance. Yeah, that's a good tool too. But Sonos has had a record Q2 results. Um, it's had very high revenues, which has been driven by product demand. So some good results recently. What have the financials been like over the last few years? Have they sort of been growing steadily or has it been up and down? Yeah, I think it's something like their revenue has been growing like 15% year on year. So really, really okay. steady growth. Cool. Then this year they also had a gross margin of 46.8%. Which- okay, I'm just going to interrupt you briefly. Um, so let's just step that one back a bit. So if we look at gross profit, that is total sales less the cost of those sales. And then if we look at gross profit margin or gross margin, which you're referring to there, it's the gross profit divided by the sales. So basically that just tells us how many cents of profit the company is generating for each dollar of sale. So I guess it means that your production costs in this case are pretty reasonable in relation to the selling price of the product, meaning that the company will have like the resources to invest in growing itself quickly. And I think what's the most important thing in this situation is to have a look at where that gross margin sits, like compared to other companies in the same industry. So I did a quick Google of the industry average gross margin for consumer electronics, and that was around 38%. And that you can Google that really easily. So I think that's like, because, you know, these numbers don't really mean much in isolation. So it's really good to see what it's looking like compared to some of its competitors. So it's about 9% above its competitors in gross margin, which is good to see. Yeah, that's a great comparative. I love that. And then the final one is just increased um, cash flow. It's increased it like hugely um, up 1,531% from 9.6 million in 2022 <laughs> to 156 million in 2021. Um, and they have yes. no debt, which means. Ooh, we like that. <laughs> yeah. Like cash, when cash flow is increasing, it means that the company is quite liquid, meaning they have a lot of cash that they can convert quickly and easily. Um, And I think this is a really strong business position considering the pandemic. If something was to go wrong, they have cash in the bank that they can use. If the interest rates are rising, they don't have any debt to pay off. I think it's quite a strong position. Yeah. And I guess that extra cash as well just means that it can reinvest money into the business to grow, but also to pay back dividends to shareholders, which as potential investors, we like. We like. (laughs) Next one, I think, um, leads nicely into understanding who the competition is. And I'm pretty intrigued about this one because Sonos plays in an area with some pretty big behemoths. Yes. So it's a funny one. So when you think of Sonos, you think of like a speaker usually. But as I said, it's a bit more than that. It's more of a software company. Um, Well, in my eyes, I guess it's in the eye of the holder. (laughs) So you could think, you know, if you're going down to your local JB Hi-Fi, you're picking up a portable speaker and Sonos is competing with one of the other speakers there. But their main competition kind of sits in the space of like Google, Amazon, Apple, and also Bose, which are huge players. (laughs) Yeah. 
So it's it's I guess when you're looking at the competitors, it's you need to understand what products that those um, companies are also providing that are similar. So I mean, Google has Chromecast speakers, Amazon has Echo, Apple has AirPlay, and Bose has Sound Touch. And I think it's just good to understand kind of where the company sits next to all those products. And where does it sit? Well, I I think, you know, and, and again, it's in the eye of the beholder, but Sonos focuses on this software and these speakers that it um, gives out. It's kind of like Bose. So I would say, you know, Bose would probably be the best comparative. But the other companies like Apple and Google and Amazon, they're also focusing on so many other areas. So you could kind of say that Sonos is deemed like best in class because of the main focus is towards providing good audio rather than like Google that's also like, hey, we've got like the biggest search engine in the world. <laughs> Google's like, hey. <laughs> okay, so we've sort of discussed um, what the company is, what the story behind it is. We've gone through what the industry and market looks like that it sort of operates in, some of the company's basic financials, and then we've had a quick look at their competitors. I do have a follow-up question about the competition, but I'm going to sort of jump back to that in a second because I think something that's so important to think about when looking at investing in a company is the company's economic moat. Yes. So just to give a really quick recap, the moat is its ability to maintain a competitive advantage. So just like a castle having a moat to protect from enemy invasion. Yes. <laughs> and the economic moat refers to the company ability to like maintain its competitive advantage over its rivals yeah to really preserve its market share um and preserve its long-term profits yeah can you talk me through what does sonos have a moat what does it look like how does it get there yeah so this is always a question you should ask yourself in the thesis at some point does it have a moat sonos i think kind of has two moats um one of them is that it's a very st- wow, <laughs> very protected. It's very protected. Nah, <laughs> but yeah, one of no them, enemies. One of them that is that no, it has a lot of enemies. It's that's oh, why sorry, it's no enemies are getting in. <laughs> no, no enemies. <laughs> but no, one of them is that it's a very sticky business. Um, and the best way to understand like a sticky brand because it sounds funny is kind of like Apple. So if you have an Apple iPhone, it's very likely that you have another Apple product or service, whether it be headphones, a Mac, or even just like their cloud storage service. Um, If you have one of their products, it's likely that you're also paying the same company for a different service or product. And Sonos has really developed this stickiness with their consumers. So the average home who owns a Sonos product on average has Three, I think it's 2.9, but three, I don't know how you'd have 2.9, <laughs> but three Sonos products on average. So it means if you're buying one, the same consumer is going to keep coming back, which is, I think, a moat. Okay. I'm going to challenge you a little bit on this because whilst I think that makes a lot of sense, I guess I would argue, you know, you gave the example of Apple mm. and we know that Apple is one of Sonos's competitors. So would... I would argue maybe that Apple has a bigger moat. So isn't that potentially going to inhibit their ability to like inhibit Sonos's ability to continue gaining market share if everyone's just staying with Apple? <laughs> yeah, I think definitely. Um, and, you know, they're a big company, so they would have the power to do so. But Apple has released some products that are similar to Sonos's and they haven't stuck that well. I think they actually discontinued a line. Um, I'm, I'm going to butcher the name, so I'm going to avoid saying it. But there was a product that they that they avoided, um, sorry, that they discontinued. And I think the other thing is like 
Apple doesn't produce all the pro- all the products that Sonos does. So Sonos is kind of already getting that little bit of leeway to get that those customers on board already. Like if even if you think of something like a sound bar that you put under your TV, like Apple doesn't make those, mm. but Sonos True. does. So if you wanted a sound okay. bar, you might go to Sonos first. Yeah, that's fair. And you said that there was a second or two moats. So what's the second? <laughs> the second moat is their patent portfolio. So a patent is, I guess, a right to a certain technology. Um, and you can, I think you can license it out, but pretty much other companies can't use that technology if you have a patent on it. And so they have over a thousand patents for wireless multi-room audio technology. And this means... Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) This means that it can be very hard and quite costly for new competition to enter the market and actually use this technology. I think there was even a lawsuit. Google started using one of their technologies and they took them to court and were like, you don't own this, so you can't do this, which is pretty powerful. (laughs) I mean, yeah, taking Google to court is a big deal. (laughs) Hey, we're the biggest search engine. (laughs) You can't sue us. Oh, my God. But no, so they're the two moats. It's, you know, they have a sticky business and it's hard for new competition to come into the area. Okay, so I think the final thing that it's worth looking at on the bull side is sort of getting an understanding of the future outlook. So we know that historically Sonos has done pretty well, but... What is their growth plan? What's what's the strategy going forward? Yeah. So I think I think this is really important because you're investing for the long term. So you want to be making sure the company is going to be doing well 10, 20, 30 years to have a think about it. But uh, I kind of picked out two different ones with Sonos. First is kind of their growth plan. But secondly, that they're also quite a interesting acquisition target. So a company taking them over. Oh, right. Buying them out. Buying okay. them out. That's interesting. So the growth plan is that, you know, they are moving into not just their surround sound multi-room technologies, but they want to move into the car market. They're partnering with um, some electric vehicles with Audi at the moment to put their speaker systems in the car market, which I think is cool. a huge market to tap into. Because if you think about like something like a Tesla, Tesla, I think this is how they work, but I could be wrong. But Tesla vehicles, like you can keep the hard shell of it and the software in a Tesla will continually update. That's, mm, I think I have heard that. And that's what a Sonos speaker does. The hardware stays the same. Ooh. Yeah. So I think there's opportunity there. The second cool. is that they're moving into the headphone market, which is an interesting one because the headphone market is quite saturated. But if they do have that stickiness, they might be able to do well there. And thirdly, that they're releasing smaller speakers. So they've just released the, the Roam and it's that means it's becoming more affordable. So the Sonos products are quite expensive, but they're trying to create products that means that everyone can kind of have access to them. So with all of this, the company is planning to try and double its revenues by 2024 which was in its last release of all its results, was they were talking about that. So I think they do have a lot of growth potential. Cool. And then tell me really quickly about the potential acquirers of Sonos because I'm pretty intrigued about this one. Well, yeah, there's been a lot of speculation about um, specifically Apple acquiring Ooh. Sonos. Um, you know, well, you lo- did say before that Apple were trying to sort of like replicate their products and not doing it as well. So that would make sense. Yeah. And a lot of analysts say, you know, when you look at two companies side by side, they're so aligned in their product design, design and business model. Apple sells Sonos products. You can use Sonos through AirPlay, which is a uh, Apple service. And so I just think there's a lot of synergies that could um 
from that. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Finished so strong. (laughs) So I did want to ask one question before we move on to the bear case for this one. You've had, you've sort of outlined a lot of information there. You mentioned that you did have a look at the company report. Where else did you get this information? Because I think that's a really important point for everyone listening. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. So I found all of my information online, pretty much. I looked at the Sonos website. I looked at Simply Wall Street. I looked at quite a few analyst reports, which you just Google and find opinion pieces. And it's, as we've said, it's really important to find the good opinion pieces and the bad ones and really read into them. So what did you Google? Sonos growth prospects, Sonos competition, um, Sonos story, Sonos... Yeah, just all sorts of different things. It doesn't need to be like, why why should I buy Sonos or why shouldn't I buy Sonos? But you'll find sentences and stuff in articles and then maybe get a Google off that sentence. And yeah, it's a bit of a hole that you find yourself in. Rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Mads, we've kind of, you've kind of interjected along the way and um, tried to understand the bull case a little more. What would be the bear case in terms of trying to pick apart maybe why you wouldn't be 100% with buying into this company? Yeah, so I think this is so important for a few reasons. I think when you're researching a company, like you said, it can be pretty easy to fall in love with it. Um, And it's so important to be your own devil's advocate and try and sort of question each point that you throw out along the way. Um, So I sort of tried to interject you, like you said, throughout that, but I'm going to sort of summarize here what some of my biggest thoughts are. And I guess it can be really good to write some of these down because It's so good to have conviction about an investment thesis, but it's really also important to have the things in mind about if this changes, this could change your thesis. And it just helps that when, like, if something happens in with the company or in the market, you don't sell, you don't panic sell, you go back to your thesis and you can refer to it. And if it doesn't apply anymore, then that's absolutely fine things do change, but I think it's good to have these things written down somewhere or definitely solid in your head so that you can always refer back. So I think the biggest one for me probably is the competition. Sonos plays in some really big spaces against some really big companies, the likes of Amazon and Apple. I think they do have the power, resources and potential to create this type of technology. And you know, they have already started moving into that space as really big companies. So maybe is it something to think about, you know, if we really like Sonos and the space it's in, but are we better off investing our money in Apple or Amazon? Because at the end of the day, maybe they just have the scale and the customer base to do it better. And then I touched on it a little bit when we were discussing there, but I think, you know, we talked about the economic moat and we talked about the fact that Apple products in particular are incredibly sticky. So I guess I'm wondering, you know, what's going to stop, you know, if we think about Sonos moving into the headphone space, I know personally, I'm pretty addicted to my AirPods and (laughs) objectively, like I know that people tell me that there are better quality products out there. But weirdly, I don't care. I just want to use my AirPods. A hundred percent. I mean, Apple has definitely like corrupted my mind. But anyway, it's working for them. So I guess that's that's something to consider. 
The next one that I think is an interesting one, and it does apply to sort of a lot of growth companies and sort of this tech space, is that you could really argue that the software industry is a little bit complicated. Mm. Um, It's not necessarily the most easy to follow business because there are such rapid changes in technology. So I think one thing to think about is like, how do you keep up to date? How do you be across the need to know what the latest software is and how Sonos or how its competitors are sort of embracing that software you got to be into it you got to like really be into it you know (laughs) into the technology (laughs) and gadgets (laughs) and finally i do think that um this market this consumer electronics space um is quite it's it's a discretionary item so the ceo patrick spence um talks about which is i i found quite interesting talks about appealing to affluent homes and that's because the products are quite expensive and they're sort of non-essential items so when we think about economic downturns people are probably going to move away from buying these kind of products first compared to other necessities or cheaper alternatives so i think that's something to keep in mind as well that you know if we are going through a flatter year or you know if covid happens (laughs) gosh lord help us then you know, you would probably expect to see maybe the company not posting as great a profits or as great a growth. And I think that's okay, but it's something to keep in mind in those in-between years when you are really holding for the long term. So I think at the end of this, to summarize, you need to have your bull case. You need to fall in love with the company that you want to that you want to invest in. And then you need to pick it apart a little bit. And once you've picked it apart, if you're still like, I really like this story, I really like this company, then I think that's when you will feel the conviction to be like, I'll go with it. Because as Maddie said, you can hold it uh, on the stock exchange. And if there's a downturn, you can feel safe to go, I still believe in the story of this company. And knowing as well that it's absolutely fine for your thesis to change or for your conviction to fade. I think if you have it in the first place and you have it written down and you can refer back to it, but if you just don't believe in it anymore, then that's okay as well. And you can definitely cut your losses there. I have one question for you, Soph. You started off this episode by saying you were in the market for a speaker. So did you buy the Sonos speaker? So I actually didn't. <laughs> I bought the Sonos stock, but not the speaker. Did you buy Did you buy um, Apple AirPods instead? <laughs> so, well, that's completely different. Apple AirPods is just, they're, they're AirPods, but they're AirPods. They're so, they don't do AirPods. But no, so my two of my housemates already had speakers. My partner already has a big Sonos speaker. So I was like, All right, I'm I'll just wait. Excuses, <laughs> no, I think I've made the better investment, to be honest. Yeah, fair. Okay. Fair enough. So, Maddie, at the end of this, is the bull case strong enough for you or has the bear case overridden the conviction? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I'm going to keep thinking and do a little bit more research of my own. I only say that because in my head, a lot of Sonos products compete with Apple, but I actually think that they do a lot more than Apple does. So I think I just want to have a better understanding of like some of their products. And then I think I might be a bit more convinced because right now, I mean, I know that they don't actually even do headphones yet, but initially I was thinking like Sonos headphones competes with AirPods. And then that was like me done. <laughs> I <was> out. <laughs> but I think Sonos is actually, they have a lot more products um, than I realized. So I'm, I'm pretty interested, I have to say. 
Nice. Well, we'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check in on the share price and we'll see. <laughs> we'll check back in in another year. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, that brings us nicely to the end of today's episode. We hope you have enjoyed um, our deep dive into building an investment thesis. And we hope that this has given you some inspiration on of your own to look around you and really think differently about how you can be investing in different companies. As always, we would love for you to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Jump onto the Instagram. We'll have a little summary for you there about how you can build up your thesis if you need some reminding or just a summary. YIGC podcast. Find us on Facebook. Sophie, where can they find us? YIGC (laughs) investing discussion group. Is that right? Investing podcast discussion group. (laughs) Interesting podcast discussion group. Jump on there and let us know what you think of our thesis building and even tell us maybe how you would build your thesis differently. Yes, would love to hear that. And finally, follow us on TikTok because we're trying to do TikTok now. (laughs) Thank you so much and we will chat to you next week. Bye. You're in Good Company is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of You're in Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In a spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Your Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people together. 